Section 1 of The Wit and Humor of America, Volume 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This recording is presented by Mark E. Majersik. My First Visit to Portland by Major Jack Downing. In the fall of the year 1829, I took it in my head I'd go to Portland. I had heard a good deal about Portland, what a fine place it was, and how the folks got rich there proper fast. And that fall there was a couple of new papers come up to our place from there, called the Portland Courier and Family Reader, and they told a good many queer kind of things about Portland, and one thing and another, and all at once it popped into my head, and I up and told Father and says, I am going to Portland whether or no, and I'll see what this world is made of yet. Father stared a little at first, and said he was afraid I would get lost. But when he see I was bent upon it, he give it up, and he stepped to his chist and opened the till and took out a dollar, and he gave it to me, and he says he, Jack, this is all I can do for you, but go and lead an honest life, and I believe I shall hear good of you yet. He turned and walked across the room, but I could see the tears start into his eyes and mother sat down and had a hearty crying spell. This made me feel rather bad for a minute or two, and I almost had a mind to give it up. And then again father's dream came into my mind, and I mustered up courage and declared I'd go. So I tackled up the old horse and packed in a load of axe handles and a few notions, and mother fried me some doughnuts and put em into a box along with some cheese and sausages, and wrapped me up another shirt, for I told her I didn't know how long I should be gone. And after I got rigged out, I went round and bid all the neighbors goodbye, and jumped in and drove off for Portland. Aunt Sally had been married two or three years before, and moved to Portland, and I inquired round till I found out where she lived, and went there, and put the old horse up, and eat some supper, and went to bed. And the next morning I got up, and straightened right off to see the editor of the Portland Courier, for I knew by what I had seen in his paper that he was just the man to tell me which way to steer, and when I come to see him I knew I was right, for soon as I told him my name and what I wanted, he took me by the hand as kind as if he had been a brother, and says he, Mister, says he, I'll do anything I can to assist you. You have come to a good town. Portland is a healthy, thriving place, and any man with a proper degree of enterprise may do well here. But, says he, stranger, and he looked mighty kind of knowing, says he, if you want to make out to your mind, you must do as the steamboats do. Well, says I, how do they do? For I didn't know what a steamboat was any more than the man in the moon. Why, says he, they go ahead. And you must drive about among the folk here, just as though you were at home on the farm among the cattle. Don't be afraid of any of them, but figure away, and I dare say you'll get into good business in a very little while. But, says he, there's one thing you must be careful of, and that is not to get into the hands of those our folks that trades up round Huckler's Row. For there's some sharpers up there. If they get a hold of you, would twist your eye-teeth out in five minutes. Well, after he gave me all the good advice he could, I went back to Aunt Sally's again, and 
got some breakfast, and then I walked all over the town to see what chance I could find to sell my axe handles and things and to get into business. After I had walked about three or four hours, I come along towards the upper end of town where I found there were stores and shops of all sorts and sizes, and I met a feller and says I, what place is this? Why this, says he, is Huckler's Row. What, says I, are these the stores where the traders in Huckler's Row keep? And says he, yes. Well then, I says to myself, I have a pesky good mind to go in and have a try with one of these chaps and see if they can twist my eye teeth out. If they can get the best end of a bargain out of me, they can do what there ain't a man in our place can do. And I should just like to know what sort of stuff these ere Portland chaps are made of. So I goes into the best-looking store among them, and I see some biscuits on the shelf, and says I, Mister, how much you ask a piece for them air biscuits? A cent apiece, says he. Well, says I, I, I shan't give you that, but if you've a mind to, I'll give you two cents for three of them, for I begin to feel as though I would like to take a bite. Well, says he, I wouldn't sell them to anybody else, so, but... Seeing it's you, I don't care if you take em. I knew he lied, for he never seen me before in his life. Well, he handed down the biscuits, and I took em and walked round the store a while to see what else he had to sell. At last, says I, Mister, have you got any good cider? Says he, Yes, as good as you ever see. Well, says I, what do you ask a glass for? Two cents, says he. Well, says I, seems to me I feel more dry than I do hungry now. Ain't you a mind to take these ere biscuits again and give me a glass of cider? And says he, I don't care if I do. So he took and laid them on the shelf again and poured out a glass of cider. I took the cider and drank it down, and to tell the truth, it was capital good cider. Then says I, I guess it's time for me to be a-going. And I stepped along towards the door, but says he, Stop, mister. I believe you haven't paid me for the cider. Not paid you for the cider, says I. What do you mean by that? Didn't the biscuits that I give you just come to the cider? Oh, uh, right, says he. So I started to go again, and says he, But stop there, mister. You didn't pay me for the biscuits. What, says I. Do you mean to impose upon me? Do you think I am going to pay you for the biscuits and let you keep them too? Ain't they there now on your shelf? What more do you want? I guess, sir, you don't whittle me in that way. So I turned about and marched off and left the feller staring and scratching his head as though he was struck with a dunderment. Howsomever, I didn't want to cheat him, only just to show him it wasn't so easy a matter to pull my eye teeth out. So I called in next day and paid him two cents. This concludes my first visit to Portland. This LibriVox recording was presented by Mark E. Majersik of Twinsburg, Ohio.